Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fan critical podcast. And I'm your host, Len, and we are going to be covering season two of Stranger Things, episodes four to six. Today, I'm joined by John. Yo. Emma. Hiya. And in the upside down, Gareth. Hello. So today we're going to be covering episodes four to six of Stranger Things. Just a spoiler warning, we will be discussing anything that happened up to episode six, at the end of episode six of season two of Stranger Things. So if you haven't watched it yet, go binge all six and come back and listen to this. So guys, we are very much fully in the swing of Stranger Things now. Um, I think we said in the last podcast that the first three episodes really started to find its feet and boy... After watching these next three, I am just loving this show. I, 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 <laughs> are I, you? I'm bloody loving it, mate. It doesn't sound like you are. I know, but I just... <laughs> do you know, the, the thing that's annoying about if it... If you listen back to that, it sounds like you've hated it. I'm just so excited to go and watch the next three episodes. <laughs> that is true, yeah. That, do you know what I mean? I feel like... I feel like, And it's a good thing because of our podcast, we've had to sort of restrict the bit. Usually, I would just go, right, Saturday got nothing on i'm gonna watch all nine episodes and that's it <laughs> literally that's my life you're always complaining that you're incredibly busy i am incredibly busy yeah well i stay up very late but what but this is nice having this you know chatting this through with you guys and and people listening um that we've restricted ourselves to at least stretch this over a couple of weeks which is great so where we left off uh, at the end of episode three uh will had faced his demons under the, um, or literally under the guidance of Bob the Brain, um, and was getting viciously attacked by the Shadow Demon. So I'm just going to read the synopsis of episode four, entitled Chapter Four, Will the Wise. Will is rushed home after his horrific assault by the Shadow Demon. His temperature is very low and he keeps having visions of tunnels and with the help of Mike and his mum, he draws hundreds of pictures that all connect up like a network all over his house. With this knowledge, Hopper goes digging in the rotted pumpkin farm to discover tunnels of the Upside Down under the very heart of Hawkins. Nancy and Jonathan trick the Hawkins lab into confessing to Barb's death on tape and they plan to burn the lab to the ground. Eleven and Hopper have a massive fight about her leaving the cabin and as she cleans up she discovers her mother is still alive. Dustin hiding Dart from the gang makes a shocking discovery as he finds he has transformed into what we think is a baby demogorgon and has eaten the family cat. (laughs) (laughs) So guys uh, quite a lot happens in episode four. Um, I'm just going to kick it off with the baby demogorgon. Um... We all said in the previous podcast that we felt that Dart or D'Artagnan was a cool, cute sidekick for Dustin. Yeah, little slug buyers. Little, sl- little slug. I think I also said that he could be a good guy. What, 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 Dart? Yeah, but then he ate the cat. Then he ate the fucking cat. Well, 
I'm not so sure he's going to be on their side anymore. No. Well, yeah. from, it's now. from what from what we see at the end there, you saw the blood trail, and I was like, fuck it, it's going to be a fucking cat. And there was just, yeah. and and then it opened its face. I was like, fucking baby Demogorgon. Like, what you know? Ah, oh, it's just such a shame. I mean, it's not a shame. It's great, but at the same time, I really wanted Dart to be this cool sort of like. I, mean, I think Dart still is cool. No, he's well. Well, well he, he he was hungry. He'd had enough of nougat. I'm worried about the turtle. I haven't seen the turtle yet. Shit. You know, I'm worried about the turtle. Out yeah, of his the terrain, turtle will be fine. It's in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right D'Artagnan is a demogorgon right we agree that it's, it's going to turn into a demogorgon oh, yeah, yeah. just from the face uh, the, you know the face opens up in those four weird teeth things teeth yeah. flaps teeth flaps um, so what what do we think then what do we think then about this going forward for the boys <clears throat> going forward for Hawkins how hard was it to kill the first demogorgon yeah I mean well I mean not really it wasn't that hard was it well, no hu- no human weapons could kill it. You had guys with guns trying to shoot it, didn't kill it. You had Nancy and Jonathan setting it on fire, didn't kill it. Uh, the only thing that killed it was Eleven. Don't don't forget Steve with his bat. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah, Steve and his yeah, nail Steve bat. Steve with his hair. His good looking hair. Jesus. Um, he he L'Oreal sort of hair flipped it to death. Um, I think uh, I'm more interested in like the repercussions of uh, if this Demogorgon just starts fucking killing loads of people. Does Dustin like feel guilty at all? Hundred percent, he should. Yeah, he should do. But will he? Um, but also, their one rule as a, you know, as the core four, yeah, is friends don't lie. Yeah, very good. He's point. lied. He's lied. And yeah. Now look what's happened. The cat is dead. With the family cat. What is the cat called? Is, is cat's called Mew Mew? Oh Mew, my Mew. god, Mew Mew. I mean, it needed to die for that name. But so um, my notes at this point of the episode were Dustin and Dart. Dart ate the cat. Darts a baby demogorgon, and then just like loads of dots. So what we said, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you could bring those notes to the fore. You're welcome. While we're here, can we just talk about um, the interaction between Dustin and his mum? How good that was when he's trying to trying to calm her down. Like, uh, don't worry, I've just been on the phone to them. They found they they saw Mew Mew. They haven't got him, but he's just running around the park. In episode five, that was absolutely amazing when, when you come back to that. I love that. What do we think about Will and straight after he gets attacked by the Shadow Demon where we left off in that really horrific cliffhanger of, of, of episode three, he gets <clears> rushed <throat> back to his house by Joyce um, and he's just he's just not himself. He's like changed, right? Like he, he he's, in as we find out in the episode, sort of inhabited by this shadow demon. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about that? Um, so I really like the way he, there's a slight challenge right at the beginning of the episode where Joyce is asking him to tell, tell her the truth and he's not quite sure if he can do it. And he's already kind of opened up to Mike in the episode before. And then he does, but he doesn't really know how to explain it. And I'm, I'm really interested by the fact that he says, well, it, it isn't a thought or a thing. It's just a feeling, mm. which I think is, really interesting because um, I don't really know what that means and then kind of the, the things I were questioning was you know does it want him why does he it want him because he seems to think it's coming after him specifically what is it about Will that this shadow demon vessel hydra thing oh you mean from like right at the beginning you mean yeah why does it want him mm. well 
I think it sees Will as a bridge between the two worlds, right? Like, and and this episode is called um, Will the Wise, which <laughs> which links back to um, season one and what they, you know, Will is that that's his role in the party, as they call it. You know, this yeah. dragon going back to the dragon's lair theme, the yeah, party. Yeah. You know, you've got a you've got you've got a mage, you've got you know a healer, you've got like a, a knight. You know, you've got all these different characters, and Will is Will the Wise. You know, the wizard sort of character. Um, and that's really nicely explored in this sort of situation because Will draws all of those weird pictures in the house, right? And he has a sort of insight into the upside down and this sort of bigger, big bad at play. This, mm. this, this, you know, we said earlier, like Cthulhu-like character creature. Um, so it's really interesting to see to see Will. I didn't see this happening. I did not see this coming. I thought Will was fucked at the end of last yeah. episode. Like I was like game over for Will. But now yeah. I like the way that they've sort of kept his character relevant by now making him sort of an eye into that world, right? So I suppose the question is more, you know, we can guarantee that Will is the vessel through which this particular shadow demon creature is able to access both worlds. Yeah. Mm. Is he after Will because Will is a conduit between the Upside Down and the real world? Or is Will the conduit between the Upside Down and the real world because he was already somehow intrinsically linked by the, with this shadow demon? Yeah. Discuss. Yeah, I think I think what... It's kind of I, a chicken in the egg I, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think we're trying to figure out with Will where this is going. Obviously, we've seen up to episode six at this point, so we're going to talk about it more, but... Just sticking on this episode, at this point, all we know about this is that Will has the ability to see the Shadow Demon's sort of intentions and its movements, right? And we clearly see that through this tunnel, and and I do think it's a very good visual callback to season one uh, in terms of Joyce and the lights. Remember when Joyce had all the lights up in yeah, season yeah. one? This is also another fucking crazy... You'd walk into that house, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? I was just thinking, um, this house... The the value of this house must just be plummeting over the years. Yeah, all the lights and all the holes in the walls, and now you've just got these fucking mental p- drawings all over it. Like when Jonathan gets back into this house, he's gonna just think, "What the fuck is going on here?" Not again. Not again. This is that. Yeah, this is happening again, is it? Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was a cool visual callback, and just seeing all of the, the all everything up on the walls and and this all interconnected network. So, so what we gather from this is that um, that the upside down has spread, <coughs> spread quite drastically. So we saw the lab and the Doctor Riser, I think it is, who yeah. seems like a obviously nicer version, <laughs> nicer That's version. The actor's of, name is it? Yeah, Paul Riser. Yeah, is that the actor's name? Yeah. I'm getting confused, but yeah. yeah he's great. I don't know. He was aliens, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was the sort of weedy uh, well, lawyer was... character trying to take the aliens back. Yeah, exactly Dr. That, Sam yeah. Owens is his name. Oh, is it? So in the, yeah. in the show. He, he's great. Um, and, and we're not quite sure yet about his motivation. Obviously, his motivation is very company related, but he, he we're not sure about... Um, he's a company man in aliens. He's, he's a company a man guy. in this, yeah. So... so yeah, it's the natural kind of... Progression. Mm. What do you guys think about Hawkins Lab in all of this right um, now? I would say the most interesting part of this season thus far Yeah, is how they flipped that lab 
that I mean they were the bad guys and now it's kind of like well actually no they're not really I mean they might still end up being bad guys but I mean uh, Sam Owens uh, um, I mean I definitely when when I saw he was cast in this when I, when I first saw him in it um, I was like well he's a bad guy because he's yeah. a wanker yeah um, not the guy <laughs> Yeah. But you know he's not. He normally plays a wanker. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like yeah, I, I I I don't see them as this shadowy organization anymore. Yeah, I think I think that's good because we said our one of our weaknesses of season one, uh, if we were to there weren't many, but one of them was Doctor Brenner and the fact that the lab he wasn't really fleshed out as a character, right? Yeah. Um, and this time because. Uh, Dr. Sam Owen, whatever he's called, is a bit more of a personable character in terms of he's trying to, from what we think at this point, maybe help Will and, and, and contain this spreading yeah. of the Upside Down. Um, it's a lot more relatable because you're like, yeah, he's, he's, he's in between a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. He, he, you know, he doesn't want to be a dickhead, but he's trying to, you know, keep order and balance, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you at least see, like, conflict because yeah. of, like, the exactly. humanity of the situation. Yeah. Um, whereas with Brenner, you didn't get that at all. Yeah, and that that wooden. yeah, he very wooden, very one-dimensional character. So, so guys, the the upside down has very much infiltrated our reality to the point where we haven't seen it, but now underneath the very feet of the characters discussing all these issues and everything, there has been a massive tunnel network that we assume has been spread. So. The lab are fucked up. You know, they've not done a good job. What do we think about the fact that, you know, we said about this not going larger than Hawkins, but, you know, this is potentially world-changing, in fact, of, you know, destroying everything in their universe. It's obviously spreading underneath Hawkins. Yeah. Um, but you say it's infiltrated our reality. Sorry. Actually, the barrier has just gone because... There's no barrier, yeah. I mean, there is no barrier left. It's not mm. the upside down all now. It's let's just get a bit underground and we're no longer in our own fucking world or the upside down <laughs> has become a part of the real world. I mean, it is literally under soil. Uh, it's literally like yeah. Hopper just digs through... And then he goes down yeah, he and it's fucking underneath everything. It reminds me of something. And I keep wanting to say it's Tremors, but it's not. It's oh, great film. One of my favourites. Love that film. But there is something else where there is an underground network. And I can't, it's just, it just come to me, but I can't for laugh me thinking what it is. But it's it's like kind of that fear of what lies beneath. Well, it, again. Mm. Again well, with yeah, it, going actually. into the sewers, going into yeah. the tunnel network to defeat yeah. a monster. Once again, similar sort of callback, Stephen King. Um you're right. It's another great '80s reference. It's another. It's another great. I was worried about how how this season was going to go, and after seeing this episode and the reveal that the network is underneath the town already, I was like, "Fucking hell!" I'm so invested now. Like, and I think also it was like it was realizing that this can't. This is what's happened in the last year. One year. How quickly, or, or had it already kind of started, but not to that extent, how quickly is it going to keep spreading? Mm. And yeah, we talked in, in the last podcast about um, the danger of macroizing the, the world of Hawkins out into the you know the, the wider world yeah. and how that could damage the show. Yeah. But the threat of that happening, I think, makes it more exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scary, I suppose. Yeah, I you mean... You try watching Stranger Things when you live on your own at night in the dark. 
<laughs> not nice to be honest. I scare the shit out of myself a lot. Um, to attack Emma. Please, please, please. Yeah, don't don't worry about Emma. She's going to be fine. It's a little bit like Emma's threatening you, Len. <laughs> I do also have a baseball bat with nails in the end of it, so I'll be I'll be totally cool. Well, the upside down is here. It is literally no longer a different realm. It is a. It's literally under their feet. And um, I just hope, you know, as we see later on, I hope that the lab fucking wakes up to this point and really helps. You know, I just don't know how they fix this. How do they fix this? You know, fighting the Demogorgon was one thing, but without Eleven, the boys and the town are just a bit stranded here. And I think this is very well illustrated in the fact that that we'll, we'll take it from the larger scale of the you know upside down spreading throughout the world to the smaller scale, which is Dustin having to deal with his new Demogorgon pet. So um, the cat's dead. R.I.P. Mew Mew or Meow Meow, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, <laughs> it's an awful name. Um, awful cat. Um, what do what do you guys think about? I mean, Dustin is, as we said earlier in the previous podcast, stealing the show in this yeah. season. Oh, he's absolute star for season two. He's he's just he's getting all the screen time. We said Mike wasn't getting the screen time. Dustin is getting a lot of screen time, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm happy for it because no offense to Mike, Mike's a great character, Finn Wolfhard, great actor, but Dustin, just the comic relief is needed because it's quite upsetting this season you know with Will's situation and mm. the bit more peril that's in store for everyone yeah. and I think that, that Dustin fighting that <laughs> high putting like the below like, telling his mum like you said Gareth about um so you go you go and find the cat I'll wait here in case someone calls oh it's so good off you go mum pretending that yeah, he's on the know. phone to the police or whatever when it's yeah. actually just the like um the automatic clock or whatever he's listening to. Again, maybe that's a uh, maybe that's a shout out to the office um, when uh, David Brent does it. Was that, was that <laughs> is that an eighties TV reference or? No, but uh, diverse range of references, obviously included. Well, I, I, would, I would say they shout out the Mighty Ducks when he puts all his uh, all his hockey gear. All his hockey gear on, yeah, hundred percent. That was an Goldberg yeah, knuckle puck, knuckle puck. Do not even bring in the Mighty Ducks. That. If it, I, I hadn't even thought of it, but that just... Just quickly, um, what do we think about uh, Nancy and Jonathan tricking the lab into into admitting Barbara's death on a tape recorder? Stupid. They were showed very, you know, coherently that, you know, this isn't about... And this sounds bad to Barb, but, you know, it's not just about one person here. This is about, you know, fucking stopping the spread of something absolutely horrific throughout the fucking world. Yeah. Uh, and they've been very selfish about, oh, I can't live with this guilt. I'm going to fucking, you know, frame the lab. I mean, I'm not saying I like the new doctor, but he seems to have his head in the right place compared to Brenner. And um, the fact that they're just, you know, trying to stop something. You say they've been very selfish. It isn't them. It is actually Nancy. Jonathan is just going along with it because he's fucking in love with her. Yeah, he does love and, her. You know, as I said last week, um, last week, last episode, I'm very much team Jonathan in terms of they should get together mm. also he does need to grow a pair and say actually this could cause all sorts of fucking shit mate yeah I mean he should care more than anyone else because Will is paramount to the like you know the whole fucking thing that happened last year so he should be like well look if we if we break security here they could kill up he'd kill my brother and I spent a whole fucking you know a very hard time getting him back last year 
I think it's a really good point that um, in the end, I don't know, it's sort of portrayed as like this selfless act to try and you know, help out Barb's parents or whatever and show the world what this lab are really doing. But you're absolutely right. It's a self, it's actually just being really selfish because... She's just trying to relieve her own guilt. She can't handle her own guilt exactly and so wants to, to relieve that in some way by outing outing the lab. The fight between Eleven and Hopper when obviously Eleven in the previous episode, I mean there's so many things to cover, but Eleven in the previous episode broke out of uh, the cabin and she went to find Mike. Um, Hopper is obviously horrified at this because he laid down very simply as we saw th- three simple rules um, which was, you know, always keep the curtains closed, never leave the cabin, um, and only, unlock the door to me. only unlock the door to me on my special knock. And she's obviously broken those rules. She escaped and was spotted by a woman uh, and now has been reported to the police. And, you know, luckily Hopper's the chief, but this could have led to her being captured again by the company, as it were, in this situation. Mm. So... The fight was very Carrie-esque. Like, if Lucy was here, she loves yeah, Carrie. Yeah, actually, it's a great show. Um, just that whole sort of telekinesis thing where she, she's so frustrated. She's slamming doors. She screams. All the windows break. Mm. Very powerful stuff. Uh, obviously, her powers are growing by the day. She's she's growing up. What do you guys think about her and Hopper's relationship now? We loved it at the start of the season, but we can see it's very... And there's a very good point in this where she says, you're just like Papa. And Papa refers to Dr. Brenner in season one. Yeah. Um, and it's true when you think about it. Like, Hopper is literally keeping her in a cell. She's you know, gone from one prison to another. She's gone from one prison to another. It may be a nicer prison with egos and TV, which she loves. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's game over for her, really. It's just the same situation. I, that fight for me was utterly heartbreaking. It's hard. Hopper is trying to do the right thing. And Eleven has finally got some semblance of normality in comparison to what she had before. Yeah, yeah she is still she is still isolated. She's yeah. still she is still trapped. Um, but that again raised for me the question of a how did you know that she was in the woods? B why is he hiding her and taking care of her? Is there something else behind it? And I love Hopper and I think he's a fantastic character, but I do worry that there's something behind the reason that he found her and why he's keeping her isolated that isn't just I'm trying to protect you from being I, recaptured and taken into the experiments. I, I think his sole motivation is his daughter, Sarah, who he lost. And I think um, this was heartbreaking in so many respects, this fight, because he... You could, you could just, you could just feel it. Like you could feel this fight. Like and with with eleven mad, like telekinesis and stuff, it really elevated it. Um, their chemistry is amazing. Their chemistry is amazing, and you could just feel that his anguish. He does not want to lose eleven. Like he's grown to the point where he visualizes her as a daughter. <clears throat> yeah. And for eleven, the problem is that she, her whole life has been spent in a prison cell, and now she can't. She likes Mike, she likes the boys, she wants to reunite with them, but she can't. And so it's just another form of, like you said, another prison. She's gone from one prison to another. And so there's that disconnect in terms of the way they see each other. Like Hopper is seeing her as a daughter and Eleven is seeing Hopper as another, you know, warden, you know, another sort of person keeping her in prison mm. and making her do things. So I think I think it's heartbreaking and I just hope that there's some sort of pathos or sort of reconciliation with these guys later on in the season because 
right now it's at a pretty bad bad point well yeah well that's the thing isn't it like you almost feel like the reason that Dustin gets so much screen time uh, is because the rest of it is a bit fucking depressing yeah that's exactly right and and you look at Eleven like in the first season it was always interesting to see her interact with the boys and be a bit like a bit confused and and... it's like E.T. lock her in the cupboard putting a wig on her it's the same sort of situation yeah it's like E.T. too and it's just the whole film is just like post traumatic stress after yeah. dealing with all the humans, yeah. yeah. But overall, episode four very, very strong. Like uh, this is it now. We're we're into the flow of it. And uh, episode five, chapter five, is called Dig Dug. Hopper can't escape the upside down and get consumed by weird upside down vines. At the same time, Will, using his new spy abilities, tells Joyce that Hopper is in danger. They get Bob the Brain to help them decipher Will's tunnel map and pinpoint the location of Hopper. Eleven goes to visit Terry Ives, her mother, and discovers she is sadly no longer herself. She visits the astral plane to discover that her mother was made this way by the evil Dr. Brenner from season one. Nancy and Jonathan go to Murray, the crazy conspiracy theorist guy from the first episode, and concoct a plan to water down the evidence they have on Hawkins' lab to make it more digestible for the public. Dustin, unable to reach anyone else, teams up with Steve to kill Dart (laughs) after he traps the baby Demogorgon in his cellar. Hopper gets rescued by Joyce and Mike and Will and the maybe not so evil Dr. Sam Owen. (laughs) As the lab burn the upside down, Will goes into a horrific state of pain as if he is linked to the upside down and feels its pain. Mm. What do we think? What do we think, guys? Well, let's start with that. I mean, the ending. I mean, episode, I, why do we keep Christ. going back to front? Uh, well, because I think... Because I like it. The thing is, we, as we said earlier, we thought that Will, as an actor, Noah Schnapp, we didn't know that how much screen time he'd be getting. But fuck me, he really sells this. Like, he really sells this. Like, at the end of this episode, I was like, how the hell are you acted that? That was like, what's your direction there? Mm. Act like you're having, like, the worst stroke of all time. And you're like... It's quite exorcist-esque. It's very exorcist It's very demonic. Exorcist-esque. It's very, it's very demonic. Um, For the second episode that we end with, with Will just in like an absolutely appalling situation that's just heartbreaking to see. Why all standing there? Like, but there's no reaction from anyone else. Yeah, it was, it was so shocking. I mean, if you heard what that that noise that he makes and the way he that the way he shakes and stuff is horrific. I can't remember the noise he made. But it's like, like no, a, it's like a demonic screaming do it, thing. Do it. Just... Yeah, that's the noise that <laughs> meow meow made. It oh yeah, shit. Made. That's meow meow. Sorry. Um, um, yeah, but like <laughs> KFC good. <laughs> oh god. KFC um, chicken. But the the act the acting was unbelievable, and we, he's doing a great job. And the end of the episode, like one, thank fuck for Hopper because I was like genuinely concerned in that episode in the episode that we might lose him, right, well, guys? Yeah, massively. Well, thank fuck for Bob the Brain. Bob the Brain is, you know, Samwise Gamgee is coming to the rescue, and I bloody guy. love it. No, it's too much. I think I... I think now we can think he's not a bad guy. Oh, I don't know. Um, there's a great throw uh, shout out to um, Temple of Doom 
when oh, Hopper's in the tunnels when he yeah, rips yeah, off his yeah. sleeve and Indiana Jones house. yeah great call cool. absolutely fantastic great call cool. uh, which came out at the beginning of 1984 I think so I mean we're really close the references it. are just ramped up in this season so and we, we've mentioned it a couple of times what, what they're referencing but like yeah Indiana Jones definite great callback I, abs- I absolutely loved um, when they rescue Hopper like Joyce obviously just Oh, it's another day in the office for Joyce, isn't it? She just yeah. sort of wore off a duck's back. Um, but like Hopper gets the vines all ripped off of him and Bob's down there with him. He's like, hey, Bob. He's like, hey. It's <laughs> just so good. It's so good. It's so nonchalant. I absolutely loved it. Joyce annoys me a little bit there because Bob's with her in this tunnel yeah. and is yeah. clearly like there to help. And he's like, "Hey Joyce, what's um, what's going on down here?" And she's just ignoring him, and she's like, "Hopper, shut the fuck up, Bob." Hopper, and Bob's like, "Um, Joyce, Joyce, what? Hopper, Hopper. Honestly, can you just give me some sort of direction as to what we're doing down here? Hopper, just answer him quickly, and then get back to screaming for Hopper. It will be fine. It was so funny. It's another love triangle, though, isn't it? It's another love triangle. Yes. When we're talking about like what's underground in the upside down no longer upside down but just underneath us um <laughs> it makes sense yeah it made perfect if you sense. watch the episode it makes sense um there's like so there's a lot of talking about like vines but they look like tentacles to me tentacles tentacles like what is going on down there? um yeah it just illustrates how fucked we uh, our characters all are to be honest with you like what are they supposed well, to what are they yeah, supposed to do but what are they supposed to do lots of lots of growth down there I feel like they should <laughs> Lots be. Lots of growth um, down there. Jesus Christ! I think what's, I mean, what seems clear, and I guess maybe, maybe we'll talk about this more when we talk about episode six as well. But that point when they start burning the vines and Will's having his seizure, you just think, yeah. you just think, like Will's going to have to die, isn't he? Like for them yeah. to to destroy the vines, the upside down, because he's boring and stuff. I think more and more as this season progresses. After episode three, I thought he was a goner, um, and now after episode five, I still I just can't see him making it out of this season. Like, like he's so troubled by what's happened, and now he's infested by the shadow demon thing. I think you're right, Gaz. I think that the key to I mean I don't know what it is, but the key to maybe defeating. The shadow demon is killing it whilst it's inside Will. Kind of like, and I hate to reference this because I'm not a big fan, kind of like Harry Potter and the Horcruxes sort of situation. Yeah. Why aren't you a big fan? It's genius. I fucking hate it, mate. But, um, such, a, like, such a Hufflepuff. Just such a Hufflepuff. Uh, yeah, well, I know, I know the story, and I, I you know, there, I, there are plenty I, of other examples. Let's not talk about Harry Potter. If Lucy was here, she'd want to talk about it, and I'm just honouring her memory. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, I think that there is absolutely no way that you can resolve season two at this point, having watched two thirds of it, mm. with Will still alive. He's got to die, and he's definitely going to. I mean, if he doesn't die, it'd be a shock. I think. I think that would be more surprising. A little bit like, I mean, very much like Harry Potter. It's that it yeah. could be, it could be a sort of they can't, one can't live while the other survives, kind of thing. Exactly, kind of thing. And, and the only way yeah. to defeat to defeat the Shadow Demon might be to kill it whilst it's inside Will. Do you know what I mean? But like, so so he might be like a conduit to this world or whatever, but he is also the access to destroying that this fucking thing. Like they, you, you know, we said how hard it was to kill a Demogorgon. Um, now, you know, they've got to kill a giant shadow demon 
and multiple demogorgons potentially, which we'll come on to. So was the shadow demon there before? Or is it a new thing that seems to have appeared since we killed that one Demogorgon well, well, that was we, hanging out under the lab? We discussed this in the preview pod, didn't we, John and Gaz? We said that um, we said that we felt like it was like the film was they, they they did a lot of alien sort of stuff and alien sort of stuff in terms of like using hosts to sort of yeah. to, to they, they they captured the enemies like Barb and yeah. and Will and they sort of put this slug thing in their mouth, <laughs> you know. <laughs> This sounds dodgy. Yeah. Um, big Friday night. Big Friday night in. Um, and basically, we get the impression that the Demogorgon was potentially serving a greater, a greater being mm. because there's no reason for the Demogorgon to sort of use it as a host or whatever. So use these victims as hosts. So we discussed in the preview podcast that we felt like the Demogorgon might be serving this Thessal Hydra Cthulhu thing. Oh, that makes sense. So... So if if Will was as we said, we saw at the end of season one, linked by the slug thing in his mouth, like gestating or whatever, and then he spits out the, the baby demogorgon. It is grim, though, isn't it? It is fucking grim. Like like, so we know that 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 he is linked to the network, as it were, the upside down network. So yeah, I think I think Will's the key. Will is yeah, the key. Yeah. He's the key to all of this. And as we've seen this season, he's doing a very good job. The actor's doing a great job. And he's really at the forefront of everything that's going on. Go on, Will. Let's move on to the most fun part of the episode, which is the unlikely duo, Dustin and Steve. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combo I never knew I wanted. <laughs> I, I did not even think about this. It's so good. It's hilarious, and it just happens out of nowhere. Happens out of nowhere. But I love the fact that sort of Dustin can't get hold of any of the kids because Lucas is off trying to, like, uh, convince Max about the situation. Mm. That bored me, I'll be honest. Yeah, well, I quite, I, I quite like Max. I, I, I like where she's going. And, um, and, and Mike's off with Will, you know, doing all this other sort of mission stuff. And Nancy's off with Jonathan doing this. They're all doing their own separate missions. Dustin is just like got his little constant headset on. He's like, guys, code red, code red. And who is it? Is it Lucas's sister? Lucas's sister is uh, fucking hilarious. She's so good. Yeah. And and the fact that Dustin's trying to call everyone on, on the radio and then he can't get a hold of anyone. And then Steve rocks up with flowers trying to get Nancy back. And he's like, Steve, Steve, come with me. But, uh, Dustin's, you still Dust- got that bat? Dustin's interaction with um, Mike's dad. Oh, that's one yeah. of my favourite scenes ever. <laughs> Apparently, my kids don't live here anymore. <laughs> so when, good. When Dustin walks off and goes, son of a bitch. Yeah. She's like, language. Language. <laughs> Classic. Like, uh, Nancy's dad, uh, MVP at the moment. That's yeah. very, very good for him. Yeah. Um, but Dustin and Steve, like, what do and you... We, that kind of, that's the last bit we see of them in that episode, is them driving off and him going, oh. I need that bat, we've got to go and sort out, I've got a yeah. problem. And yeah. that's all you see until episode six. And then it real kicks off. They're just so funny. They're so good. Why is he knocking about with a baseball bat with nails in? Because that's from season gone. one. No, well, but it's been a year, be fair, for fuck's sake. You just don't know. Pull him up. Honestly, if you're like being told by the government that, you know, be quiet, don't talk about that sort of stuff. You've killed a dem. Well, you've tried to kill a demogorgon. You'd keep that bat. Plus, I'd just get a gun. he's been watching The Walking Dead. He loves Lucille and he's just gone a bit nuts. There you go. Yeah, I mean, look, I carry a... A studded bat. Studded. In my car. That's a medical condition. Can though, we isn't it? can we talk about how? Um... <laughs> oh my god! Right. So the episode of the title is Dig Dug, right? 
And it's yeah. this lovely callback to the first episode with Mad Max where she gets the... Uh, sets the high score. Set the high score on Dig Dug, going back to the arcade. How clever is it that essentially, because the Upside Down is underneath everything, it is a giant game of Dig Dug. Yeah. And Hopper's the sort of like character in it uh, and all our characters. And um, I just love the fact that, that, that they've made that reference between Dig well, Dug, the game, <laughs> and the Upside Down. Aren't they, don't you think, then, that maybe it's, um, there's a reason that Max is in this series? Oh, yeah. What, because she's going to solve the... She's going to have a certain set of skills that are going to come in handy. Um, I'm not entirely... Very good point. But I don't know exactly how that's going to transfer, but I imagine that there is probably some sort of connection there, isn't there? Rather than just being, like, a clever play on the game, it's like, she is, she is the, the champion dig dugger. So that yeah. that skill is going to come in handy. Will it though? Because if it does, I, I mean, I think it would be terrible. <laughs> well, we don't know what, what way it's going to come in yet, though. No, it's what it is. We got this big drill, and the only way to control it is oh, this small girl's controlling it. What the fuck's going on here? Now we said that, like hers and Billy's backstory is really intriguing me because you still don't know even after episode six where they've come from and what the hell they're doing is. Mm. Um, and that there's got to be something behind that that isn't just oh yeah no just you know part of a cult or something <laughs> part of a cult or something yes yeah, yeah I think Max has still got a massive role to play and obviously Luke is trying to persuade her of everything that's happened in this episode in in, in the previous seasons is is important um, and as we see in episode six we're going to come on to it, it develops further but um, let's go on to what I think is a real strong point of the episode, apart from the cliffhanger and everything, which is Eleven's meeting with her mother. Now, I thought this part of the episode was extremely strong. Um, we saw Terry Ives back in season one when Hopper and Joyce go to visit her to inform her that her daughter might still be alive. Uh, they discover that she's catatonic, um, muttering words that make no sense and just watches her TV or whatever. Now, this was heartbreaking. This is this is heartbreaking to discover her backstory. Uh, what did uh, you think, John, about her backstory? Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, look, it, it was uh, heart-wrenching, yeah. I guess is, uh, is the term to... Uh, to I mean, it doesn't sound like <laughs> it because I'm still laughing, but, um, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty grim. Um, and I guess there's only, like, there's only so much that uh, Eleven can do with her powers, yeah. I guess, is, is what they're getting at. Yeah. Uh, part of me feels like she's just going to go on this fucking rampage to just take everyone out um, that was ever involved in the in the lab yeah. and stuff. Um, it feels like it's going in that direction, I guess. I know people have made references to, and we did in, in, the, uh, in a podcast previously about, like, Leon and, and things like that. Mm. Um yeah, part of me feels like she she could just yeah go that all out revenge sort of thing. I think um, it's it's heartbreaking to see, and and this is what the show's done really well. Like last season, we saw her muttering these words, um, just breathe. You know, it was uh, breathe rainbow. All these other random words. Yeah. Sunflower, sunflower, rainbow, rainbow. and you, and you, yeah, and you, and you just like, you just like, what is this about? And you, 
And it's so clever of them to suddenly get a uh, a bit more perspective on that and, and take us to the point in which she she sees all of these things. It's horrific. Mm. Eleven specifically says at one point, after I think it's um, Terry Ives' sister or her auntie at this point says, oh, she's it's like she's trapped in a dream. And Eleven goes, a good dream? And she goes, I hope so. And then you see this dream. I mean, it's fucking horrendous. Her, mm. She's reliving all of these horrendous moments of her kid being taken away and then breaking in and shooting a man at the lab and discovering their project. She's reliving that over and over again. And I think that Eleven's face after she sees that is just like, no, this is a terrible dream. Well, she's reliving that because of Dr. Brenner. Yeah. You know, there's maybe a bit of doubt because after, after season one, everybody's like, brilliant. That doesn't need a second season, but it's perfect. And there's a bit of doubt about season two and like, oh god, are they just dragging this out? Are they gonna are they gonna spoil it? But it's little things like that, because I haven't checked, but I'm presuming that they're the same words that she says to herself in season one. Yeah. I think they are, yeah. And it's little things like that that make you realise, sweet, they do actually have a plan for this. Like that was was, this was the intention the whole time. And I always thought that the whole um, kind of LSD, isolation tank, experimenting, I've lost my baby thing really harked back to a lot of bizarre conspiracies that may or may not have been true about experiments run in the 70s and 80s. But also then here we get another hit back to reality where, you know, severe treatments for mental health issues like what we see with the 450, mm. 450 volts shot into her brain, mm. uh, were incredibly prevalent in the 70s. Yeah. And it, that's really, that's just really fucking tragic. Yeah. Another reference so, to uh, one for the, the cuckoo's nest. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Also, I guess, uh, uh, to echo your point, Gaz, um, it, it's their, like, Hodor moment, I guess. Yeah. Where you've got, like, this yeah. guy and you're like, oh, yeah. what's happened to this guy? What's wrong with him? Why is he just saying yeah. that all the time? And then you, you you get the payoff like what was it season six? Season season six episode five. Hold the door. <laughs> to be accurate. Yeah. Rain man's yeah. here again. Yeah. Yeah. Only on Mondays, never on Tuesdays. On the hundredth um, episode of this podcast, you'll find out why Len's like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Sunflowers. Oh, rainbow. Um, but in all seriousness. Devastating. Devastating, devastating, devastating stuff for Eleven. And so we guess that her and Hopper are sort of done now. No. Not 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 like officially done, but like Hopper's got his own fucking shit going on like now. They've 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 taken completely separate paths here. I don't think I don't think they can that'll be I don't think you can have game over with those two. Like you can't just have the setup of the first half of the season and then they just go their own way. So episode five, happy that Hopper's alive, happy that uh, everything's sort of okay, but we're worried for Will. Moving on to episode six or chapter six, entitled The Spy, which kind of links back to chapter four and Will the Wise, um, just the flip side of that. Uh, Will gets rushed to the lab in terrible pain after they begin burning the upside down. Steve, Dustin, Lucas and Max set a trap at the junkyard for the Demogorgon, but once one appears, so do many more, and our heroes are trapped. Will believes he's found a weakness of the Shadow Demon and informs the lab of its location. As the soldiers get there, Will admits it's a trap 
and they all get torn to pieces by the Demogorgons that left Steve and the other kids alone. Will says he's sorry, but informs him that he won't stop there as the Demogorgons climb up into the lab. So, guys, this is, you know, Hopper out of one fire into another. He's literally about to get attacked by a bunch of Demogorgons, right? Like, you see that hand climb up the hole. Um, and I've never really thought they had hands before. Like, not like that. It looks very... <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> no, I mean, it didn't look like claw-like. It looked like a real, like, full-on hand. Uh, like, more handy yeah. than I thought look, it would be. It's no. very alien-esque. It's very, like, we're going back oh, to our preview yeah, pod. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, almost uh, at points. Yeah. Like, shot for shot. Yeah. Uh, in Aliens. Yeah. Which is the one that uh, Paul Reisner. The Doctor, Sam Owen, uh, company man. Yeah, the one that he's in. Yeah. There's a scene where he watches um, this army, this uh, this crack squad, just get absolutely decimated when they walk straight into a trap. Over video footage. Over, yeah, like grainy yeah. VHS kind of uh, 100% footage. Uh, you also see like the, you hear like the beep. The beep, the beep, the, yeah. the, the motion sensor beep. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, so good. Yeah, no, how was, how's it go? Meow, 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 meow. That'll do. Mowam. Mowam. Big shout out to Mowam for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, look, we can't pick our sponsors. They were the only ones who wanted to pay. Beggars cannot be choosers. Um, and they only pound some Mowams. So, yeah, so that, so that was really, really cool. Really cool. Yeah, that's a very good point. And um, the whole aliens sort of like, they're in the fog and they're in. And literally, if you watch aliens. When they go down into the, like the the coolant reactor thing, like the squad of soldiers, uh, it's very foggy. There's this vine-like sort of hive that has been created by the by the xenomorphs, yeah. and like it looks so similar, it's yeah. nuts. Like, and um, it's just amazing that they've sort of worked that into the show. Yeah. And the fact that these demogorgons, which there are now lots of. So, Dustin, you know, you fucked up big time. Uh, you fucked up big time here, mate. Well, hold um, on. Did he? What do you mean, did he? He let off, he let one of them. What happens if they replicated, bro? What if they're like asexual and they just replicate? There's no evidence of that. I, I, I said this in the preview thing before where how do we know that, that Will wasn't thrown up more than one? Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, he could have thrown up loads. D- all... Dustin wasn't feeding new guards all of them. No. No. Only one slug bias. Mm. Yeah. So, guys, are we worried for Hopper and Joyce and everyone? Because Will explicitly says to Joyce and Mike at the end of that episode, you need to leave. They're coming. Mm. Um, but before that, he says, doesn't he, that um, he's really upset you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. About yeah, yeah. a so, number of things. So we know, that, we know that now Will has been exploited in a way that we were worried about when Will the Wise was episode four and he had this amazing foresight to see that Hopper was injured. Mike says, or Will says to Mike, aren't you worried that, you know, what if what if the Shadow Demon spies on us? He said that won't happen. And because of the events of episode five with the burning of the Upside Down, Will has clearly been now used as a instrument by the Shadow Demon. The Shadow Demon is now aware of his connection with Will and makes Will do things that Will doesn't want to do. Um, so, 
But he's also wiping Will's memory by taking over his brain. So yeah. we see all of these um, MRI shots and he mm. forgets Bob, he forgets Hopper, he forgets his most recent memories, not the ones that are really ingrained in his yeah. Yeah. in his mind. Yeah. And I think until you... There's a part of me that's not really sure if it's Will all the time coming across. Well, whether... At all now. At all. Like, well, yeah. because he still remembers... Well, the way he was acting... might be manipulating. Yeah, look, the way he was acting... that clever, yeah. The way he was acting to say to the guys so confidently, look, uh, this this area here, mm. you know, this is where... This well. is where, you know, we can get the shadow demon or whatever. Okay, yeah. Let's yeah, okay, let's all there. go down there. And he... he Don't take any important characters. That was... Let's all go down there. <laughs> Cannon fodder only, <laughs> please. Um the red, shirts. red shirts. The red shirts are coming. Um, <laughs> like literally, that that was very believable from him in terms of him. Mm. And if that is the case, and we know it's a lie now, what can we trust that comes out of his mouth? I mean, who is Will Byers? Will Byers well, is slugs. gone. Slightly different point. Well, a very different point. Totally different point is that um, when Mike when Mike says like, yeah, you know, we we, we won't let him. He can't spy on us because we won't let him. And again, it's like a trope in these kinds of TV shows and films where, you know, they've all got this collective collective mindset that we won't let the bad guy get the better of us. But they they are. Like, just being determined to defeat them isn't enough. And it's just like when Bob gives Will that advice to to tell him to go away. And you think, like, yeah, he's going to tell him, he's going to tell this giant monster to go away and that'll, that'll do it, but it doesn't. And it's another example of these things just not being how, how you expect how it you to go. It. Yeah, it doesn't always go how you want it to. And it's not, life isn't a game of Dungeons and Dragons, John, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're worried for our main protagonists here. I mean, we've got Mike, Will, Joyce, Bob, Hopper, and the kind of who we like now, Dr. Sam Owen, Paul Reiser character. Um, He's um, definitely dead. He's definitely going to die. He this. might die. Um, don't think any of the others will. What? I mean... That would I, be shit if that happened. I, I don't am... think they're all going to die, but I think there's going to be casualties here. Like, how the... I mean, Hopper's gone through the ringer, right? And I'm he's really come back. And then, out of nowhere, you see this hand reach up and the Demogorgons attack them. Like... Yeah, so who do you think's going to die? I mean, like, honestly, because... I, his mum's not going to die. It, Hopper's not going to die at this point. Mike. <laughs> Mike dies. Oh my Mike, god. Mike That's the end of the eleven of Mike story. I just want to watch the next episode. It's so frustrating. <laughs> but oh, I think yes. Will might somehow get captured. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, is in. Yeah. Like, I think they're not obviously not going to kill Will because that we, we've noticed now that that the upside down and the shadow demon has a like alien hive mentality. <laughs> Like, that is the queen, and it's telling all of these little mini demogorgons what to do, which is what we see when the kids get left alone by them and they go to the place to kill the soldiers and don't kill the kids. So we know that the, the shadow demon has complete control over everything in the Upside Down, like a queen, right? Or a king, or a king. Let's not be exclusive, mate. Well, okay, I'm relating like it to insects, you know. In a hive, it's a queen. In a hive, it's always a queen. Um... So we know that the Shadow Demon now is aware of Will's link. It's a scientific uh, term. So, so we know that that Will is a very important 
person for the Shadow Demon. And I just got a funny feeling that with this sort of... I think the lab's going to be fucked after this episode, as in, like, it's gone. Like, it's no longer... We can't get the help of the lab anymore. It's like the lab is gone. I think they might capture Will. So do you see see my point here, then, where, like, this... um, I suppose I, th- I think I was talking about this earlier. Is that this story with um, uh, with Nancy and Jonathan trying to uh, trying to out the um, the lab? Yeah. Um, it kind of clashes a little bit with the the main storyline because yeah, if the lab is going to be destroyed, then what is the point in this outing well, of the the lab? The outing of the lab is is solely to get Jonathan and Nancy closer together, which we see in this episode. So I think the main device of that is they go away and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to take down the man. And they get together in this passionate thing, which we finally see Nancy and Jonathan connect in a romantic way, which is what a lot of people who are team Jonathan, not myself included, want to see. But it's just a device to get them together. When they come back in this episode, Jonathan comes back and he walks into the house. Like we said earlier, you're like, oh, fucking hell. What the fuck is this? Not again. You know, um, he he clearly realises something's gone on and something's bigger at play. And once they both realise that this is like, you know, bigger than this little thing about Barb. No offence to Barb. I think it's, it was just an excuse for them to get together. It's just an excuse for them to get together. Hold up, hold up. Because remember, um, what's what's his name? The uh, the Murray. Remember, Murray. Murray's got the um, he's got all the tapes, and he sent them off to all the newspapers. Has he sent? Has he not, sent them off yet? He hasn't sent them off yet. And also, I think it's just not important. Like as I said, the lab's going to be fucking done after this episode. But I also think that I mean, Gareth is right around this. It really jarred for me that those set of scenes were fantastic because they were quite funny for a start. Comic relief, always much good. comic relief, and also it gave us that kind of hashtag Team Jonathan, you know thing we were really looking for I'm not looking for that but yeah you guys are sexy time basically is what yeah, we're talking finally. about finally thank god yeah there was a lot of tension like, but you just um, look at him like all these seasons he just, he just always needs to get depressed maybe maybe <laughs> now finally that, it's alright maybe now he's got laid he'll he's get something. better hair there was no necessity for that plot device to get them closer together to be something mm. so out of sync with what else is going on because they've massively fucked up if they now, you know, all the fucking newspapers come and take a look at the lab and it's burnt to a fucking crisp with <laughs> demogorgons, everyone's going to be like, well, I mean, what is this shit? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the the plot, as we know, is bigger than these guys now. It's bigger. It's like taking over. It's, it's world-threatening. It's not just Hawkins and the boys. It's not Eleven threatening. It's fucking world-threatening, you know? So... They're going to have to deal with this. And and I think as soon as Jonathan walked back into his house and he saw that, as I said, that tunnel network, he's like, right, here we go again. <laughs> Let's, here we go. And, um, he's been gone for like a day. He's been, yeah, he's been gone for like a day and it's all gone to shit. But um, let's talk about hair because uh, one of my favourite parts of this episode was a hair quote. It's uh, Steve oh, yeah. telling Dustin how he uh, cultures his hair what he puts on it to get it looking so luscious. I'm going to try it, personally. Including at the end, four sprays of Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. There what you go. I mean, I, I never knew what I was missing. I'll tell you tell you my <laughs> secret. Um, oil of Argonia is um, today's, oh, the modern equivalent. It's called Argon Oil, bro. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's but, you know, the fancy name is Oil of Argonia. So Sounds like a Roman... Uh, 
sort of myth. Um, here's a trick. I reverse wash my hair, so sham- uh, conditioner it first, and then shampoo it. What the fuck's happened to this podcast? <laughs> what has happened? So Dustin and Steve, who knew it's going to be this good? Who I just knew? want it to continue for the whole... Bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre and brilliant. I did not know they were the bromance that I wanted from Stranger Things. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that, that they're trying to bait the Demogorgon into this junkyard, which we saw in season one, which yeah. is where uh, the kids hid out after the creepy company chased them everywhere um but when they're walking on the railroad throwing down chunks of meat or whatever and they're having a discussion about like 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 dustin says that he likes max or a girl and steve's like look the key is you just need to act like you don't care (laughs) and it gets great payoff later on (laughs) so good payoff later on when they're in the bus and dustin's acting like a complete douche and then steve's like yeah nice job and he's like what are you, Why are you about? winking? <laughs> Why are you winking at me, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. One of the great things about this like series of scenes, but you take it as like one whole little journey of them throwing down fucking buckets of meat, is that the only time that Steve questions this escapade is when he goes, "How do you know it's not just a lizard?" And Dustin goes, "Well, it's face eating up and ate my cat." <laughs> and then Steve just goes. Cool, yeah, it's fine. All Which right. is why I kind of think that he possibly himself is still reeling from what happened a year ago. Oh, Steve, yeah. Steve's great. We said we love Steve. I He's, do love Steve. And, and I th- you know, removing him from Nancy has been just a... I didn't think... I, I didn't know how we could get him into the story any other way. But the fact that they've done this with Dustin, if it's Steve and Dustin yeah. together, has just elevated Steve to a whole new level. Yeah. Team oh, yeah. Steve is is winning, surely. Now, you guys must be Team Steve now, surely. I'm, I'm Team yeah, Steve I, I... overall, but not for Nancy. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Steve could end up with um, Max's brother? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> a little bit, yeah. In all, in all honesty, let's Billy. talk about Billy for a second. Is anyone else getting a sort of homosexual vibe from him? Yeah, I mean, I haven't personally, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you sure, Autumn? Yeah. No, he's called me a couple of times. Um, <laughs> and it's so sad oh, and depressing yeah, he's, he's, I know, he's so gay in the shower no. he was like Steve do no, this and, and he was he was coming on Steve I think it might be I that thing that he's I don't think he was at all yeah he oh, was I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's literally going to happen in the next few episodes or towards the end that you, he's yeah. revealed that he's homosexual what yeah in the shower he's going to his little sleeve <laughs> and you're going to be like oh he's one of them he's got a number and it's not going to be a number it's just going to be want to fuck <laughs> and that's just how it'll end. And that's now, how the whole right, season will okay, end. So there you go. Well, you've ruined it now because I quite fancy Billy. <laughs> no, I, I I guarantee you that the, the basically. I mean, the weightlifting, drinking beer, smoking—that's all I want in a man. His interactions with and Steve, his interactions with Steve, and the way he is, and sort of lashing out at people, seems to correlate to that sort of time where people couldn't necessarily express themselves. Yeah. Um, pent up aggression. Pent up aggression, and and in the shower, he has a sort of. Not intimate moment with Steve, but he sort of opens up to him a bit. Wanks him off. Tell <laughs> Jesus, wrong film. <laughs> um, he tells him essentially what he's doing wrong, uh, or what he needs to do, yeah. and and it, it, there's just something there. Pretty I, boy like you. I, I yeah, pretty boy like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just I get the impression that there's something there that will be explored later on this season. I'm gonna say right. I think you're totally fucking off kilter, but fine. Okay, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. This is the interesting no, thing. No, so the, the disappointing thing is we've only got three episodes left and we're going to watch them all tonight. So Dustin and Steve have obviously have been the sort of unlikely duo and now we get Lucas and Max finally entering the fray in this, this sort of quartet tackling the Demogorgons that appear. Um, 
I love the fact that everyone's uniting in this little way that Lucas and Max have sort of formed a bit of a bond now and Dustin is jealous of that. We talk about his love triangle still being interesting earlier. But at the same time, at the heart of it is all of this um, sort of supernatural chaos that's going on. And Steve, you know, similar to the first season where they set the traps in the house, like Home Alone, trying to set the traps in the junkyard um, for the Demogorgon. What did you guys think about Steve just stepping out there with his uh, nail bat about to take on the Demogorgon? Well, yeah, I mean, absolute badass. Yeah. Such a badass. Yeah. But... Uh, I thought it was a goner. I thought it was a goner. Yeah, yeah. When, like, when, the, so. when the other, when the other, yeah, when the others came, others, others. Um, yeah, I thought fucking hell, he's definitely dead. Yeah, I thought, these kids are gonna have to watch Steve get absolutely mangled whilst just hiding in the bus. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I wish it had happened. These kids, I could tell they were looking and they were saying, "This guy's definitely dead." <laughs> <laughs> Did a flip, landed, and said, "What were you worried about?" Such an 80s escape as well. Yeah. yeah. Rolled the car. 80s escape. I was going to roll the car. It was, it was great. I, I mean, if Steve had gone there, I actually would have been devastated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like... Well, at least they got um, his hair product secret. I think it makes a lot of sense because it... Otherwise, it would take away from the main story, wouldn't it? Of um, the fact that those Demogorgons have to go to kill all the red shirts down the hole. Like, the the fact that all of them survive is only because, only because um, Will has lured everybody else down the hole. We loved uh, the this last three-episode run of um, The Strange Things. We are literally going to, as we said before, put this down, go and binge the next three episodes and come back to you guys and talk about it again. What is going to happen? I don't, we don't know how they're going to get out of this situation, but I just think it's so interesting that the show keeps evolving and it keeps bringing these new interesting developments to something that we thought was such a done story in season one. Mm. Um, I couldn't be happier with how it's going. And I think if it continues like it, like it is, it's going to be better than season one, which is quite rare for a TV show or a film or anything for the second iteration to be better. We have a Walking Dead podcast, which will be out this week covering the third episode of season eight, which has started off to a very sort of a rocky road. We don't know what to make of it, um, but it's hilarious. So please join us for that because we have a lot of fun with it. Um, (laughs) John has a lot, a lot of fun with it. We also have a Thor Ragnarok podcast coming out, which is going to be out in the next few weeks. And this, the final uh, podcast covering Stranger Things will be out next week. So please join us for that. Right, so we're gonna say, <coughs> I'm going to say bye, Emma. See you later. Bye, John. See ya. Bye. Bye, Gaz. <laughs> He's fucking gone. He's left. Uh, I'm still here. All right, see ya. Bye. <laughs> Players, potatoes, bye. <laughs>